What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on SureDog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I am back with another preview video, and this time it is for Bellator 298, which goes down on August the 11th over in the United States, in Sioux Falls, in South Dakota. Um, and it is a card which doesn't have a title on the line, which is is somewhat unusual for uh, these big Bellator cards, but it does have a few, I suppose, what you would call maybe title eliminators, or um, just fights that are around the top of the division anyway. And it's an interesting time um, for Bellator, I suppose, because um, we know that the, <laughs> the, the the situation Bellator finds itself at the moment is kind of in in flux and maybe even by the time this video comes out there could be news you, you never know but uh, there's only two cards lined up at the moment the one I'm going to speak about here and then Bellator 299 in uh, uh, in Dublin as well and I, I suppose it's um, it's tough for the fighters and tough for everyone I suppose in the situation kind of like live in this bit of limbo but still you would hope that Bellator will go on you would hope that Bellator will you know will live and all these number one contender fights wherever it might be might uh you know might matter and um they matter because like they're getting paid and it's got on their record and everything is all about matter in the divisional sense um uh, down the line and um you know I, I was gonna say there I'm sure they will but like it's <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure it will, but so we we will wait and see on that. But I um I saw someone talking there uh, on on Twitter during the week. Um, was it an ex fighter, an MMA manager, or something like that? And they said they kind of said it'd be an awful shame if Bellator did go away. Now I'm talking here as if Bellator is going away. I don't know that at all, but I'm just musing here for a second. And I really think it would be a very bad thing. Like sometimes Bellator, you know, can be the butt of the jokes and the way they do things. It's, you know. At certain times, is not great, and especially in the past, you know, before the Scott Coker era, it, you know, it had every right to be a butt of a lot of jokes, but it has improved since then. But at the same time, like, where else has given the long-standing number two to the UFC? Where else has been a place where fighters could go? The likes of even a Phil Davis a good few years ago, or Ryan Bader, or MVP to have a whole career there, or Michael Chandler, or Eddie Alvarez, and all. Like, there, there has been nowhere ever as good as it. Like, I'm now previewing Bellator's 298 card. I, I think there's probably been a few more. There's probably been a few Bellator fight nights or something. Actually, I think you can see here on Sherdog.com. Let me just uh, let me just check that out. Yeah, 306 events Bellator have held. So there has been a, <laughs> there has been a few more uh, over that, according to Sherdog.com. Um, so, you know, that would be a, a real pity, a real pity if that went away. And especially, I'm, I'm sitting here in Ireland, and what Bellator has done for Irish MMA over the last few years has been absolutely astounding. Like, the 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 fights they have given to the likes of Peter Quayley and James Gallagher, who we'll talk about, obviously, on this card, but Kiefer Crosby, Will Flory, giving them good money and good placements on cards and filled out Irish arenas. It's been, uh, uh, it's been fantastic. So, um uh, I hope Bellator stays around, and especially for Irish MMA, and, my, and you know, for myself even. Come on, Bellator, I need stuff to talk about. Stay out. So, uh, but anyway, we let's concentrate on this card and let's talk about that as well. And maybe uh, over the coming weeks, uh, we will uh, talk more about the Bellator situation on the Bellator previews, but also maybe on uh, other podcasts as well, if uh, if deemed fit. Right, the main event here: Logan Stoley versus uh, Brendan Ward. And honestly, the, when I first heard this fight, I was thinking like. Are they really making this <laughs> fight? I, I was I was honestly like a little bit shocked because 
when you're um, when you're looking at at Bellator and you're looking at kind of the way they do things, they are usually pretty good at separating, um, I suppose, the, the the top ranked guys uh, in terms of like who's going to be and like literally in the rankings with the guys maybe who are having the fun fight, like down through the years anyway, having the fun fights or, you know, uh, whatever it might be, being being brought into for, for a certain reason or whatever it might be. And not, not to say that Brendan Ward is that, but it felt like, and I don't know if people would agree with me, but it felt like that has been his way since he came back and that he was, I don't know if he was coming back to run, make a run at the title, but he was more so coming back to have some really fun fights you know, please the home crowd, hometown crowd, and there's absolutely, you know, nothing wrong with that um, whatsoever. But I'm just looking at the rankings here. He is ranked number seven uh, in the welterweight rankings. Logan Sorley is ranked number one. So maybe I'm a little bit far off. Maybe that was just my thinking. But I, I spoken to a few people about it as well. And I, th- I think they viewed it the same way. Like, if you look at who Brennan Ward has fought since, um, since he came back, like the Brandon Bell, the Cassius Kane fights were very much... You know, I'm going to be fighting to have the last few fights of my career type of thing. But that's not at all the case. Like, at 35 years of age, he came in and he fought Sabah Hamasi, a fight which I think a lot of people were very excited about back in in, uh, in February of this year. And he put him out of there in the second round. And I think may, I, maybe that was the change. You know, maybe that was uh, the change in, well, you know, maybe, maybe we adjust expectations and we're looking for something a little bit different now. For, and I'm not necessarily saying that is the case from Brendan Ward, right? But maybe from Bellator and, you know, maybe idiots like me are sitting down to preview it and everyone watching at home as well. Um, so that this is where we are right now. For Logan Storley, it's the other side of it really, isn't it, for Logan? Like, Logan is a guy who has been there or thereabouts for a, for a good long while. Um, I was obviously at his last fight against uh, Yaroslav Amasov. Uh, where Amasov just put an absolute schooling on him, like, and I think, uh, I think Amasov probably would have put a schooling on anyone that day. If I'm being honest, like, I made a joke, <laughs> I made a joke there a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. Uh, there was a picture of Leon Edwards, and they were like, "Oh, look, the best welterweight in the world uh, is at Cage Warriors or whatever it was." And I was like, "Oh, Yaroslav Amasov is like Cage Warriors, is he?" And like, I think like there's there's a there's definitely an argument that Amasov is the best welterweight in the world, right? So. For Storley to have kind of come up short against him, um, is is a place where you need really to fight back from, um, and it's going to take a while to fight back from because you, like people don't forget about those fights, right? And I should say as well as I uh, as I take part in this preview here, let. Uh, we kind of just have to act like Bellator is going to continue and they're going to have lots of more fights or else I'll just be stopping and saying nothing here. So, so let, let's keep that in mind. Um, but I think for Storley, you know, with with all that said, he's, he's going to have to win probably two, three or four fights in a row to get back to that spot if Amasov keeps that title. Now, with MVP seemingly gone, but you'd never know what happens in, in over the next few weeks, as I said, with everything going on. Like, will MVP be, be back? You know, he, he obviously beat MVP, but you know, a very controversial decision. I thought MVP won the fight. And 
I'll put that all together, you know, with the Nyman Gracie win and with, I suppose, the, the close fight against uh, Amosov before, maybe, that, you know, even reading his record here, I'm looking down to it and I'm like, oh yeah, he lost the second time. Now, that was even closer that time and I think a lot of people maybe could ar- ar- could have argued that he won that fight. It was one, there wasn't much scoring in it. So, all in all, I think it's, it's a massive fight for Logan Sorley. Like, the Ward side of it is pretty straightforward, right? He came back had a, a two very good wins and then had one amazing win maybe that people didn't expect and now he's like taking it to the next level like this is a, a, maybe a place where he or his fans or his team maybe even never expected him to get back to you know because he was out for five years people maybe I know people don't forget that but it was 2017 Bellator 182 was uh, his last fight before the three I just mentioned, and then it was Bellator 274 in, uh, at the start of 2022 was his next fight. So this is all bonus territory for him, and he's going in there against Logan Storley, and if he looks at it like that, he could be a very dangerous man in there, because their styles are, are, are interesting ones, like... Uh, when, uh, and my whole reason why I started off this preview and said I was a little bit shocked uh, that this fight was made was because of that clash of styles. Um, Sto- look, Storley is a wrestler and a, <coughs> a very, very good wrestler. Storley's uh, wrestling is, you know, second to none, maybe in um, in welterweight mixed martial arts. Maybe you could you could say it's up there anyway. And now maybe there's a few lads around there like he wrestled pretty well with Amosov the the first time that didn't really turn into one in the second one. But you know, having spoken to Ian Gary before and he spoke about working with Logan Storley and man, he, look, he's a fantastic wrestler. There's absolutely no doubt uh, about that whatsoever. Was able to hold MVP down for uh, almost all of their fight and also. Um, and the other side of it, then Brendan Ward, like Brendan is a very good, well-rounded fighter. Look, you only have to look at uh, at the way he's won fights over the years to see what type of fighter he is. 12 knockouts out of 17 wins, you know? And six of his losses have been by submission. Um, sorry, four of his six losses have been by submission, the other by uh, TKOKO, the other two by TKOKO. So he is more of a guy who's, and we know it, he's a standing bang, I'm going to stop your takedown and I'm going to knock you out, merchant. And that is brilliant. That's an unbelievable style. But is that style going to be able to succeed against someone like Storley, who is such a good wrestler and such a domineering, dominating wrestler? Uh, it's going to be hard for for me to see that. And the, the other side of it, and as I said, the, the, re, uh, the reasoning behind my opinion of this fight initially is that you're kind of taking the fun out of Brendan Ward a little bit by putting him into this matchup. Although, if he can stop that takedown, the fun quickly comes back into it. But look, it could be a lot of fun for Logan Storley if he's to, uh, if he's to get the fight to the ground, I suppose. Look, if you're Brendan Ward, what do you need to do here? It's pretty, pretty simple, I think. Strong hips push Logan Storley down. If he gets you against the cage, the first thing you need to do, like, you know, the great takedown events, whether it is... Inside, you need to get that uh, underhook on one side, the wrist control, and turn him off. Or you need, before that, if he gets low or if he's coming in low, push that head down and just get your legs out of there and move away from him. Like, he is one of those kind of old-school, low-down wrestlers who will drag you to the ground, you know, Ben Askren style at times. Um, And you have to be immediate in your defense of that. If you're not, 
he will chain wrestle you for days. Like I spoke about it on a preview last week, um, that you know, watching a lot of the one championship um, stuff, there are a, a few ex Mai Tai guys, a few ex kickboxers, and even watching um, Alex Pereira fighting in the UFC, you see that these lads have good takedown defense up until a point against good wrestlers. Now, I'm not putting Brendan Ward in with him. I'm just making a point here for a second. But why do they have good takedown defense up until a point, right? They can stop the initial takedown. They, um, they've worked in that throughout camp all the time. And then they get to a position where they have achieved what they want to achieve, but the opponent hasn't. And that opponent, if it's a strong wrestler, will continue to go at it, you know, will continue to do what they need to do to drag the fight to the ground. And when you're a fighter like that, you have achieved your goal, but now you're starting a whole new fight against the cage. And that's the fight that the wrestler is used to fighting. And you often get taken down. And if you put yourself in that position, to bring this back around to this fight, if you put yourself in that position against Logan Storley, even if you stop the initial takedown, you need to break away because he will take you down at the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh try. He will. He just will. If he can chain wrestle you, keep you against that cage, you're going down or you're getting held there for a long time anyway. And then either you'll get out of the referee, he'll break you up, and he's straight back at it again because it's been a long time there. So that's the key for Ward. Not only stop the takedown, break away immediately. If he can do that, he can knock any man at 175, uh, 170 pounds on this planet out, no problem. No, absolutely no problem. Like, Storley's striking, I would say, has improved over the years. Um, and, like, if it turns into a boxing match, I don't think he will just get sparked in a minute or whatever. I think he can hold his own there. I would favour Brennan Ward and make no mistake about it. And if it was to go the whole... Uh, it's 25 now, isn't it? Yeah, if it was to go the whole 25 minutes um, on the feed, I would definitely favour Brennan Ward... Um, to get the finish inside of that 25 minutes if it stayed on the feed uh, throughout. Um, but I don't think so. My prediction, <laughs> as we as we tend to do, put up the Bellator preview on predictions, my prediction is Logan Storley. I just don't think Ward will be able to take uh, stop the takedown. Um, and I think uh, Storley will probably get a late finish. Um, I think Ward might struggle with the pace that Storley's going to put on him. Uh, and I think maybe he'll try really hard in the third or fourth round and end up maybe giving up a back and getting submitted or something like that. So, yeah, that's how I see it going in this one. Um, a heavyweight, uh, and that really, look, is it a number one contender about? It's, pro- it's probably not a number one contender about because Jason Jackson's obviously out there for Amosov. But after that, like MVP is gone now. I thought he'd be the next guy in line. Unless he comes back, and we'll we'll see about that then. But you know, if Logan uh, Logan Storley wins, okay. As I said, I might need a couple more. Brennan Ward wins, and he beats Logan Storley, who is. Let me just look at the rankings here again. Number one ranked. It's very hard to say he's not getting the next title shot after that. Then isn't I? Know Karashkov won last week against um, Lorenz Larkin, so he's there thereabouts as well. But massive win here for Lima if he can get it uh, sorry not Lima uh, for uh, Brennan Ward if he can get it and uh, it's it's uh, bombs away for Ir- the Irish Brennan Ward after that maybe I wonder uh, I wonder what they think of doing the title fight in Ireland if, if that did happen I, I'd love to see it so let's, uh, let's uh, and do you know what that actually makes so much sense because Amosov was kind of such a big star when he came to Ireland as well uh, if it was him versus um, versus Brennan Ward 
that'd be massive and not, not to write off uh, Jason Jackson or anything because he's a very good fighter and hopefully that happens sooner rather than later as well right uh, another fight to talk about and this is also you know a fight that I, I think more than likely will be the number one contender matchup at heavyweight uh, with possibly Linton Vassell getting the uh, getting the nod just before him considering what he's done over the last while and this is a rematch uh, between Valentin Moldovsky and St- Steve Tall, Tall Maury uh, of their fight which happened in August of last year obviously that one ended in 54 seconds so not much to, to talk about in terms of what happened in that one or anything but um I went back. I went back and I looked at my preview of that one just so so I wouldn't say things that are maybe completely the opposite here. And honestly, my my thought process back then was the same as the thought process now, um, which is this is a pretty even fight. It's a massive test for Maori stepping up um, against uh, a really 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 good guy. And for Valentin Moldovsky, it's a massive test against one of the tallest, as his name would suggest, uh, and best up-and-comers in the world. Funnily enough, they're practically the same age, um, only a few months between them, but it feels like, you know, Moldovsky 14 fights into his career, Maori 10, but Moldovsky has been to the been to the motherfucking mountaintop, as a, <laughs> as a famous rapper once said. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's done it all. But it's weird, you know, this... When we came into it, right, the, the first time, uh, Moldovsky had lost to Bader, but he'd been on an unbelievable run before that. Like, his only loss was uh, to Amir Ali Akbari, who's one of the top heavyweights now, funnily enough, uh, in one championship back in 2016. You know, he'd beaten the who's who around that, and obviously Maori undefeated. But since that fight, they've both fought once. Maori fought Ali Asiev and drew after looking very good early and then absolutely gassed out of nowhere. Um, and uh, Linton Vassell, the aforementioned Linton Vassell, took Moldovsky out in somewhat shocking fashion in their fight at Bellator 292. This is a massive, massive fight for both of them. I said, you know, Linton Vassell is obviously the number one contender now, more than likely. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, unless they're maybe they're all in the tournament next week. Who knows? <laughs> but this will be probably the, the guy to decide. I think especially if it's Maori. Um, I think that first fight was kind of, you know, not that they'd hope either guy would win, but they probably said, look, if Maori can win here, we have another matchup for Ryan Bader. And that would be a very interesting one considering how big Maori is and all. But again, I think if he wins here, he'll probably be in pole position for that spot. But... What like I don't know that we what you know what we did learn an awful lot from the those two fights, but I don't know did we learn an awful lot in terms of how this fight is going to go from those two fights. Like I think everyone knew that if Moldovsky pushes the pace and it's a long pace and it's fifteen grueling minutes, that will favor him over Maori now. After watching uh, Maury's fight against Isiev, maybe we think that, and we probably do think, and we wonder we should think that even more, considering how he tired in that one. But then, at the other side of it, you're thinking, like, if Maury can get going, if he can get, like, he's an unbelievable athlete for the size of him, if he can get everything going against um, Moldovsky, maybe he'll be able to get that big knockout, like Vassell did. So, it, it almost... Um, the first uh, initial analysis of this fight, fight is almost, uh, uh, you know, under the microscope for this fight. Like the things, the ways that both guys can win are now 
uh, bigger <laughs> than they were before. The exact same analysis, but in just a more clear way. Uh, so who's going to win the fight? Who knows? It's probably the reaction to that one. Um, like, you can look at that, right? And you can say, Maori can fix the issues with his cardio. And it was a weird one, the way the fight went as well. Um, it's been six months now. Like, how much of that can you fix? I don't know. That's a, definitely not a question for me. Anyway, I wouldn't know much about that. But with Moldovsky, you know, the heavy enough knockout, how can you fix the openings that he showed? And other interesting questions. All in all, I... I, I I can't remember who I picked the first time because I went back and I watched it and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm very stuck in it. I think, I think, I, I think I picked Maury the first time, I'll be honest. I'm going to pick Moldovsky this time. Um, and I just, and it's for two reasons, right? Here are my two reasons. I think after getting knocked out in the last fight, I think he'll be a lot more defensive in this fight. And I think that the, the uh, cardio issues that Maury showed in the last fight will play into that. Maybe he'll be less willing to go for something big early and it'll become a Moldovsky-paced fight. And if it does, he's very hard. Like Nimkov, another one like that, uh, you know, out of the same camp and everything. They're very, very hard until you get into their fight. And you see you see this a lot with top fighters. Um, they're, they're not out of the same camp, but Usman or Megamedov as well. If you fight him at a certain pace, he will fight you at that pace and beat you there. But if you allow him to fight at a pace that is just a controlling pace, he will control you all day long and twice on Saturday. Um, and I feel like that's just how this is going to go. Like we'll we'll watch the betting show later on in the week. We'll 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 discuss that. But I, like this could be Moldovsky via decision. And plus, um, if you look at Moldovsky's record, eleven wins, seven decisions. Uh, and three of his losses, two of his three losses, sorry, have gone to a decision. So nine decisions in 14 fights for a heavyweight. That's absolutely massive. So we'll wait and see on that one. Right. Um, the next fight I want to uh, talk about, I want to talk about uh, James Gallagher against uh, James Gonzalez. Um, look for James Gallagher. It is an absolutely massive fight. Um 11 and 2 now in his career, which, you know, probably people probably look at and go, oh, 11 and 2, James Gallagher, really? So, you know, it, it feels like, it feels like James Gallagher has been on an awful run or something, but he hasn't really. He's only lost, you know, one fight in a row. He, he was on a four or five win streak before that, and then it was a Ricky Bandeja's loss. But the problem for James is 2023, no fight so far. 2022, no fights. 2021, one fight. 2021, one fight. And now he had three great fights in 2019, but he only one fight in 2018 as well. It's been a real tough ride for James Gallagher over the last while. It really, really has. And you'd feel sorry for him, you know, being around James a lot uh, with, um, you know, covering these Bellator cards and all. People, I think people have like the wrong, um, you know, the wrong thoughts on James. He's a really nice guy and he like, he tries really hard, a real family guy uh, and all of that. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of people would like to see, uh, to see James doing well and I, I'll put myself down as one of those people I would love to see uh, him doing well and like even uh, you know even if it's not doing well let's say and we'll, we'll take all the bias out of it just like to see James get a bit of a run you know like to, like to see him um, you know you know achieve his 
goals or achieve or at least get the chance to achieve his goals and I feel like he hasn't got that uh, over the years it's been very very unfortunate like as I said, he he got in there against Ricky Bandejas in a big step up, I suppose, from the likes of Chinzo Machida uh, and others as well. And he lost that fight, fair enough. He made no excuses after that, went back on a four-fight win streak. So many cancelled fights still around that. But then he got in, in there against Patchy Mix. And you know what? I, I, I was at that fight as well. He was doing rel- relatively well in that fight. Um, what is it? Uh, 18 months ago, 19 months ago or so, maybe a little bit longer. And look how good Patchy Mix is now. Like, to be fair, if, if you're to rate James Gallagher based on that last patchy mix fight, people probably would have to readjust what they think of James Gallagher as a fighter. He's had this problem as well, like, with, with uh, the James Krause thing. We, and we spoke about that in, obviously, the betting show multiple times at this stage. You know, he's been training. He's been back in Ireland for a while. I think he was over in Thailand uh, as well and stuff. So the training has been, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Is he getting the requisite training? Is he... Has he found somewhere stable? It's it's been it's been a really tough time for James Gallagher. Really tough time for James Gallagher. Um, and obviously his opponent, Chris Linsoni, as well. Best look to him and his recovery and all. He's obviously had a really tough time. If people haven't seen that, you can you can Google it. He's had some terrible um, uh, health problems over the last while after um, after an incident that happened to him a few months ago. So best wishes to him and, and all. And you know James has said that as well. Um, so you know even you know, even for like and obviously it's it's not the same but for James it's been another change I suppose in in a tumultuous few years and now he's going to be fighting James Gonzalez uh, you know who is a guy who is a very well-rounded fighter as well fought Aaron Pico uh, last time out and the one thing I would say about um, uh, about Gonzalez is I suppose he's had what James maybe hasn't had you know he said two fights this year alone two fights last year two fights 2021 two fights 2022 you know, and he's fought and beaten some very good guys. Like he's bought, uh, beaten Pat Sabatini, who I rate very highly. He's beaten Cody Law, who's a very good prospect. And you know, he came up short, obviously against Aaron Pico, which a lot of people will. But you know, he he didn't do himself any shame in that fight. Uh, I don't think um, fighting out a Longo, uh, the Longo Weidman MMA as well. You know, he's going to be well schooled, and he's going to be a very very good fighter coming in here. Um, the, I, I'm very interested to see how it goes. Like w- watching a bit of Gonzalez, he look. He's a well-rounded fighter. He can strike. He can wrestle. He can, uh, he can do it all. For I, I like to look at it from the Gallagher point of view. Maybe more this fight because, um, I think Gallagher came out in his last fight and he was definitely striking more. His striking looked better, but look, it was uh, it wasn't the elite you'd be looking for. But it was there was a significant improvement. I would say on the past fights, if. That improvement has continued, and now the the years have passed, and trainers have passed, and everything like that. We don't know how is he going to look, and how is he going to fight this time. We know if James gets you to the ground, it's going to be a very tough night for you. Like I don't think anyone would would acknowledge that James isn't a very very good uh, submission artist. If he can get you there, he'll be very good. Like has his wrestling improved? That's we don't know. We really, really don't know, and I'm I'm excited to see it. I'm really excited to see it. And I think this should be a very, very good fight. You know, uh, it's 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 really hard to pick this fight. Like, I think if James can get the fight to the ground, he'd probably be able to get the submission. Will he fight that way? Even though I'm not too sure. So, um, I I think it'll probably be a longer fight if he does get well. James, James, if he can get it early, he can get a submission early. But maybe he'll be able to get it late uh, or something like that. I don't know. I'm finding it hard to pick this one. I'm going to go for 
I'm going to go for Gallagher by a third round submission. There you go. Um, Ray Longo will probably kill me now, but I've great lo- love and respect for uh, that gym and, and and all the fighters coming out of there as well. Right, this this preview could go on for an hour here, so I better run through some of uh, these fights as well. Uh, another fight I'm looking forward to just above that is a middleweight fight between Dalton Dalton Rasta and uh, Aaron Jeffrey. Um, you know, Rasta is one of these guys who now at 27 years of age, coming out of you know the um, uh, the 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 uh, wrestling. Uh, uh, background, I suppose you want to come for for want of a better phrase. Um, you know, training an American top team, beat Romero Cotton a couple of fights ago, beat Anthony Adams last time out, and the, the pretty big stats versus Sabatello card. Now it's a change, I suppose, in trajectory against a guy with you know seventeen fights into his career, thirteen. Uh, sorry, 30 years of age, fought a guy in John Salter who had fought for the title last time and Austin Vanderford the time before that and beat him. So this is this is a massive, massive fight, I think, for Dalton Ross. And look, I think he'll be well able for it. Um, we've seen him get a few knockouts. We've seen him go along and go to a decision as well. Um, I, I just think the wrestling's going to be too strong. I think he's going to take Jeffrey down, and I, I fancy... Uh, Rasta to win that fight um, see, I, I think the exact same probably goes for me for Sydney Outlaw versus Islam Mamedov um, now you know Mamedov isn't all about the wrestling and all that he can fight well round about you look at his record and he's 10 submissions uh, out of his 22 wins um, you know his fight against Vincent Henderson was an in- interesting one and will show you maybe how he can be beat but I don't think Sydney Outlaw can do that now Sydney himself has a pretty good submission record as well and pretty good on the ground with uh, what half of his wins coming by way of submission but you know um, it's it's hard to unsee the Tafik Masayev knockout. It's hard to unsee the Michael Chandler knockout as well. He did beat Miles Jury in the middle of that, uh, and Adam Bigalati, who who's been on a good run uh, since, or maybe thrown thrown away one fight in, or lost one fight in the middle of it. But I like Mamedov to win this. As I said, the wrestling I think might be a little bit too much uh, for him, and I think he's on a good run now. Was won his last two in a row, dropped out of Bellator, came back in, beat Nick Brown last time out, who's a good uh, former uh, regional. Uh, champion, so I do think he'll beat Outlaw. Like I think Outlaw, um, is he is he still ranked? Let me just look here. He is. He's ranked number six at the moment. It's number six against number seven. Uh, I think Outlaw had maybe a bit of a false um, ranking there for a while, and I do think Mamedov will kind of fix that. If I'm being honest, uh, then we have Lucas Almeida versus Weber Brennan. Oh, sorry. Lucas Almeida versus Weaver Brennan. Lucas Brennan against Weaver Almeida. I almost got that one right, but look, 23 years of age, Brennan um, with eight fights into his career. He's another one of these unbelievable prospects that Bellator have. He's six submissions, but again, this is a massive uh, jump up in quality. You know, all of his fights have been in Bellator so far, and I, I I'd say if you looked at his uh, at his Sherlock page, you might know too many of the lads who he's fought against. But for Weber Almeida, who is the uh, you know really good on the ground, but you know you look at his record, he's he's a lot of knockouts uh, as well. You know, and he, I suppose he hasn't been in there with the best either. But you know. Now they're getting an opportunity to, I suppose, take the spot and go forward. Um, I will probably go for Brennan uh, in that one as well. I just think if he gets top position, you know, Almeida can obviously can hit very, very hard. He's a few uh, first-round knockouts. His leg kicks are also are very, very good. I think he has one. Uh, he does, yeah. He's a leg kick TKO back at Bellator 278. Um 
but yeah, like I like Brendan in that one. Uh, one fight I'm I'm very interested, in, and this seems to be a running team for Bellator uh, recently. They're putting like Rasta against Jeffrey. They're putting their younger prospects in against tough guys, and they're you know they're moving them up, and I like that. So Jalen Bates, new breed, seven and all, um, is going in there against Enrique Barzola. Now he beat Jarnell Lugo last time out and looked good in it. It was a split decision, but he looked very very good in it. Whereas Barzola, you know, he hasn't been on the most amazing run over the last while. He lost two of his last three, but oh my god, anyone who listens to these previews knows how much I like Enrique Barzola. I love his style, uh, and it's a very tough matchup, I think. For Bates, because Barzola can stop a takedown as well. Um, you know, he's he's you know, only been submitted what once in his near 30 fight career, so he's not a guy you're just going to take down and submit. You know, he's uh, Bates is still not yet to get a knockout. He's all submissions uh, in uh, in his finishes so far in his career, and I don't I don't think Barzola will be be that easily finished so you know what I'll be very very interested to see when the prices come out in this one if Barzola um, is the underdog here I think we might be having a look at that one but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for Barzola on that I think there'll be I I do like here's my prediction I think one of uh, the um, the prospects will be shocked um a Kai Kamakis fighting, he, I believe, I actually just saw him tweeting the, um, uh, a day or two ago about his opponent maybe falling out, so we'll hold off on that one. Hopefully by the time this comes out, uh, there will be another opponent for him. But there are some very interesting fights on the undercard as well. Sullivan Cawley is fighting 6-6, six and six, Hamza Salim. Now, I'm not sure maybe that's in short notice or something, but um, Cawley did lose his last fight to Luke Trainer, um, And, you know... I'm. I don't see any harm on him taking a bit of a step back after that. So I'm happy that's happening there. I do think he will win that one. Um, Diana Silva against Katarina Shalakova. Look, Silva, I suppose, has been uh, in against um, some of the, the top dogs. I suppose at feather, the, in the women's featherweight division. Um, and at what eight, ten, and eight, I suppose now is the time maybe to to get make a new name off of her and. Um, Shalakova may just be that at 7-1 coming out of the Ukraine you know it was only her second fight that, that she lost and she's won what, three fights over an FEN now and coming over here to uh, I suppose uh, join this division which badly needs uh, women's featherweights and we've seen with uh, uh, with uh, Sarah oh god Sarah McMahon coming in but uh, Sarah Collins as well isn't it that's fighting Sinead Kavanaugh coming up here there has been some new uh, breed coming in over there so I do think Shalakova will win that one and um, if she does i think she will be quick quickly up towards uh the, the rankings in that division same could be said maybe for diana askarova who's fighting justine quiche like askarova six and oh against quiche who's uh eight and six but i think the the quiche record is is a bit uh uh it doesn't tell the whole picture not there look she's lost to diana been in a couple of times she's like lost to the likes of felice harry back in the day tracy cortez it's only very good people like she's beaten alima mcfarlane in her second bellator outing but you know for uh avskarova it's this big uh i suppose uh move forward in her career as well now she did fight alejandra lara last time which you could say was that but that was a split decision maybe not the best performance but i think if she beats kish there's no holding her back after that and she will be on the way um on the way forward although you know i think slowly slowly might be better off with uh, askarova there um Two guys I really like, Vladimir Tokov and Alfie Davis are also on the call. Alfie Davis fighting uh, Alan Cruz. I like him there. I like Tokov to to win against Jairo Pacheco. 
as well. Uh, Josh Hill is back. He fights Katsum, Kasimova. Uh, Jordan Oliver is debuting against Andro Triolo, as is um, uh, Michael Blockus against Ellie Mefford. Um, you know, I see, uh, I see Jordan Oliver there, uh, and I'm sure uh, uh, our wrestling cohort will tell you more about him, but he's definitely an exciting one to look forward to. He's fighting at Federweight. Um, and a fight I really like as well at Bantamweight, Leandro Higo versus Nikita uh, Mikhailov. Um, like, he goes on these cards against Mikhailov, which is, it is a fight that makes sense, right? But like, James Galler and Higo were kind of calling each other out for a while. Brian Moore's fighting in a few weeks. He was calling Higo out for a while. Really not sure why this fight has happened, although it's a good fight. Like, Higo did lose to Sabatello last time out to break a four-fight win streak, which was, or sorry, three-fight win streak, the last two of which were Darian Caldwell and Ricky Bandeja, so that was pretty good. When Mikhailov came in, he looked really good um, in uh, in his Bellator debut, you know, be- beating Brian Moore. Um, did lose to the Barzola, who's also on this card, but did beat Caldwell last time out as well. So, interesting, this bantamweight division is, you know, it's 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 kind of a one that it's hard to rank people in. There are a good few bantamweight fights on this now uh, at the moment as well. Like, we have Pettis and Mix, the two champions, and we've Sats Arkeleta, uh, Magomed Magomedov with a great win last week. Haraguchi, who's gone down to 125, obviously fought there last week as well. Then Sabatella, who lost. Higo, Berzola, Bates, and Mikhailov. So, uh, James Gallagher gets a big win here at the weekend. He could be back in that mix as well if a couple of lads maybe get losses. So, very interesting weekend for the bantamweight division. There's Lots. Let me just see here. One, two, three, four, uh, five, six fights at Bantamweight, is it? On this card. So a lot of movement at Bantamweight at Bellator. Bellator 298. Let's let's call it Bellator 298, the Knights of Bantamweight. So um all right, I will leave it there, everyone. Thank you very much for uh tuning in. Uh should be a very, very good card, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. If you wouldn't mind on the way out, please leave a comment in the comment section below. Let me know what fight you like the best. Let me know what you think of this card. If I got any of my analysis wrong or anything like that, let me know as well. And give us a thumbs up. You know, it helps spread the word. If you can click the subscribe button as well, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Um, and you know, it's all free. So why not? I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com and we'll see you all next time.